Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. There's nothing better than when I get to combine my two loves, dance and gymnastics. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. They call me Whitney. There you go. All right, welcome on into To The Point with Kristen Burt, presented by Dance Network and Popcorn Talk. And like I said, there is nothing better when I get to fangirl over dance and gymnastics at the same time. And uh, to me, I am so excited to have you here in studio, Valerie Kondosfield. Welcome. Thank you very much. I am so excited. UCLA gymnastics head coach, but you were a dancer to start out. And to me, this is so fascinating because I love the two of them, but I don't know if I could ever coach gymnastics. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> oh, yes, you could. And that's the interesting thing is that people say, you know, they assume that I've even taken gymnastics, right. which I never have. I've never, I went upside down a month ago on my 58th birthday. I did see a video you see on that? YouTube. I, I did, I did a cartwheel. A cartwheel is good. It was horrible, but no. I did it. You can do a forward roll, a backward roll. You can I do get those. dizzy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, it was, you will, you could totally do this because think about it as the head coach of gymnasts, my job is to figure out how to prepare them to be calm and confident before they salute the judge. And as we grew up on stage, our goal was to be calm and confident standing in the wings before we went on stage, right? Very, very true. We can do that. I can totally do that, With yes. young women, we know the mindset. We know how it feels to be in a sport that you're scrutinized. Every inch of your body is scrutinized. Mm-hmm. A sport based on perfection, like classical ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was once I stopped trying to be a coach and started being true to myself, that's when I started having success. Isn't that always the key to it? Like the authenticity, like once you just find the key of like, just being you, right? All the doors open. They all open. And I remember one of my athletes saying, um, she said, you're so much more believable now. <laughs> you get that light bulb that goes off. I was like, whoa. And then as soon as she said that, I started replaying all of these stupid, not stupid because they work for people, but coaching quips that I had mimicked that were so foreign coming out of my mouth and not believable at all. Right. Is there a favorite coaching quip that you no longer use? Mm-hmm. What is it? You have to do it with steely eyes and you say, winners make adjustments and losers make excuses. <laughs> Good luck. (laughs) Now go make that 10. Good luck. See how it goes. (laughs) Well, well, let's go back to the beginning for you because you're ballet trained. We were talking about my training too, but uh, you were someone that has studied classical ballet quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But I, yes, I studied until I was 22. I was starting with my first season with the Washington, D.C. ballet when I heard UCLA needed a dance coach. Now, were you um, in the core? Were you a part of the I company was, or studying there? What was happening? I was studying there for the summer, and honestly, I didn't audition because I had been told so many times in the classical ballet world, oh, 
your head is too big, your neck is too short, your legs are too short, your feet are too small, you have no turnout or flexibility. You're like, okay. Okay. And I'm Greek, so I've got thighs like this. <laughs> so I, but I love to dance. And I had an aunt and uncle that lived in Maryland, and so I stayed with them, and I studied. I took class at the Washington DC Ballet, then they had the auditions. So I watched these gorgeous, lithe legs up to here turn out for days. And um, when the audition was over, I was just going down the stairs, and the director said, why didn't you audition? And I said, because my don't, I don't do that, and I'm not stick thin, and my head is too big, and my neck is too short. You know. And he said, but you can dance. Mm. We would love to offer you a position <gasps> in the company. Yes. And uh, it was, honestly, it was very, very shortly after that that I heard UCLA needed a dance coach for the gymnastics team. And like you, I loved school and I loved studying. So I, I couldn't wait. I was 20. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Too, and I couldn't wait to get back into school. Oh, that's so interesting. We have very similar paths. We were talking about how I was dancing professionally and had this random open door over one job that I had done. And I was like, I need to start walking right. through this. We got to walk through the door when the door opens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's okay to overlap. It's okay to not have a finish with one career before you start another. Yeah, and that's what I, I mean, mine overlapped, I'm going to say, three to four years maybe before I finally was like, the store is ready to close, this one is, mm-hmm. you know, I've walked all the way mm-hmm. through at this point. But you know what's exciting about that, and, and that's where I'm at now, um, since all my health stuff the last few years, my life has totally taken off. I've just got picked up by a book publisher, I've got my lovely UCLA job that I adore, I'm developing two treatments for the theater. I've got speaking engagements up the wazoo. I do the choreograph the SeaWorld shows and the and all this. And a few people say to me, don't you think like you're just trying to do too much? And I get so angry and I say, I don't think anybody's telling J-Lo she's doing too much. <laughs> That's right. Just because she has people around her and I have a few. Or would they ever tell a man that he's doing too much? That's no. what I always like to think about. No. No, no. as long as you're taking care of you and have that downtime and Mm -hmm. that you time, Mm -hmm. does it matter? Mm -hmm. Well, and also my downtime now is uh, I have dinner with my husband, and then some people would say I go back to work, but for me it's just bringing all of my excitement and my inspirations to life through the treatments, through reading things that are enriching me, that are helping me give a little nugget of wisdom to the student-athletes the next day to something. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't, my downtime is enriching myself. And I know where this came from. Want to know? Yes, I do. I do. So Um, I'm like, I'm fascinated. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) It came from when I was diagnosed a little, almost three years ago with breast cancer Mm -hmm. and had two major aha moments. And the second major aha moment was uh, we all have an expiration date. We just don't know when that is. Right. And there's so much that I love about life. I don't want to waste one day mm-hmm. not 
reaching for all of it. And I think a lot of us just settle for complacency mm-hmm. or just accept a situation. And, and I think a lot of us wait for life to happen and come to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that is especially true in this town where we're in the entertainment business. So many people are like, well, I'm just waiting for my agent to call or someone mm-hmm. to discover me. And I'm like, you got to create it. You do. Because in this town, nobody else mm-hmm. is waiting. And when I started this whole process with different treatments, we had, I developed an urban nutcracker. You did? I did. And um, within like three months, Warner Brothers picked it up and Adam Shankman was directing it and NBC bought it as a two-hour movie (gasps) of the week. And it was like my passion project come true. And then DreamWorks is developing their Nutcracker film with one of our favorite dancers, Misty Copeland. Yes. And so NBC shelved it. Oh. Okay. But it was so interesting when I was going through this process and talking to different people and um, looking for an agent and all this. I can't tell you how many people told me I'm too old. In this town, I believe it. They though. didn't want to rep me because I was too old. Yeah. I'm like, a timeout? What about the wisdom? You know, <laughs> and I'm not going to do stupid things. And when you tell me to show up, I'm going to be early and I'm going to return calls. I'm going to be, I, I have all of this wisdom that someone at hopefully 58 has. Well, and also I think too, uh, your track record should speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Let, let's be honest. You've got six NCAA national titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you are a success. You have mentored so many people. How do they not see that? I that's don't what know. I don't that's what I don't understand. I don't know. And I've always been someone that has gravitated toward older people. I just love their wisdom. I love the calm that they have through their wisdom. And uh, I think that's just so rich. That's something that you can't buy. It's something that you can't you can't get that inner calm. I, I was dear, dear friends with Coach Wooden. And Coach it, Wooden from UCLA, so just the in case. legend, yes, the yeah. legend himself, who has the greatest leadership quotes ever. I, I throw them out there every once in a mm-hmm. while. His one of the things that I learned from him was just to to be yourself. And I used to like if I walked into a room like this, it would be okay. Here we go, Miss Val, showtime, you know. And I would have to be on mm-hmm. versus just be your, just do you, just be yourself. It's easier, too. It's an easier place to live. I think that's what people need to realize. And that's why I'm not exhausted at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. Yeah. And in this day and age of, like, social media and everything else, it's easy to, like, I've got to turn it on or I've got to show people Mm -hmm. what my life looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always like, my reality is, like, if I'm not in hair and makeup at work, I'm at home on my couch in my sweats with, like, my hair up Mm -hmm. and a kitten in my lap and, Mm -hmm. you know... My husband's usually sleeping on the floor. He likes to sleep on the floor. And I take photos of him. But I mean, like, and that's the joke. But I put that out on social media. But I'm like, that's the reality. I mean, like, right. that's what life really looks like for yeah. me. Jamming time, 6.30. So I'm totally. in bed by 8, 8.30. Like, this is good. Netflix. I'm watching Gossip Girl for the 20th time. But, uh, <laughs> but authenticity really, really does matter. Um, going back, I have a question about this Urban Nutcracker. Do you think the project could ever get resurrected? Oh, of course. Oh, no. I absolutely believe it's going to get done. Yeah. Because uh, those things are cyclical. They are cyclical, and it's also the the realm of athletes and dancers that I know personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to tell you all my secrets because then I'm going to have to have you sign an NDA. Um, I got a pen. <clears throat> okay, I'll tell you whatever. <laughs> Life is short. Don't wait to dance. That's my tagline. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, I do. I absolutely do, and I think that it is. Uh, I think Red Bull. Red Bull. Red Bull, you need to produce this. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially that dance is on 
is on an upswing at, at a level that we have never mm-hmm. seen in our lifetime, honestly. Maybe MGM musical era. But see what I want to do? Can I just tell them? Like, do I have to... Okay. Pitch it. Let's pitch it. What I want to do is combined, combined, combine extreme games mm-hmm. with martial arts, yep. with all sorts of dance. I and that. so my Nutcracker's entitled The Tale of the Rat King. And Sean White... Skateboarder yes. is the Rat King, That's and someone like Twitch is the Prince, and so when we go to Chinatown and it's parkour. Oh, I love that. And it's you know, and it's. <sighs> I mean, all the different lands are the different, um, not just uh, dance styles, but acrobatic styles, and just embracing athletics as performance art. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, um, we've seen, like, hip-hop evolve, and people just think hip-hop is dance. It's a whole culture. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think now it encompasses so many different things. It does encompass athletics, mm-hmm. dance, um, you know, all this type of performance. And I mm-hmm. love that that kind of falls under that big umbrella, mm-hmm. too. Yes. And I I can just see the whole – there's not a battle scene in the Nutcracker, but in my Nutcracker there's a battle scene. And you just see this half pipe, right, with – skateboarder Sean White just and the battle of the hip hop and the martial arts guys down there and all these skateboarders and it's just movie magic Hollywood magic visual very visual very visual yeah and that's something that appeals to a lot of people and that's that is my I'm so glad you said that because my whole passion behind doing this is did you not love dancing the Nutcracker it was my favorite thing. I can get favorite. it. Favorite. When I go to the mall and I hear it, mm-hmm. I can literally do my candy cane dance that mm-hmm. I did at Boston Ballet and Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. I can do that by heart with like the hoops and everything. Right. right. And most people have in the, around the world have heard Tchaikovsky music, mm-hmm. but they haven't been to the ballet. They haven't been to the Nutcracker. So my hope is to open up this amazing classical score and fairy tale, this classical fairy tale, to a whole new genre of people. And to get young skateboard guys and girls going to the theater to see this or pulling it up on Netflix to see this, wherever it's going to be. Hardcore athletes. Well, and this right. is what I love. I get so many people that sit here at this desk and they're like, the dance film needs to be remade. And everyone keeps talking about this. like Because it's usually kind of a West Side story. You know, mm-hmm. the ballerina meets the hip-hop guy and they fall in love, which is great and mm-hmm. it works. But the dance film needs to start escalating to another level. And I think when you start adding in athletics, and if you just watched this last season of So You Think You Can Dance, these kids can do right. everything. They are complete 100% athletes and then some. Right. Yeah. So, and when we grew up, not you, because I'm probably a whole generation older than you, but when I grew up, you didn't really cross over. Mm-mm. If you were ballet, you were ballet. If you were jazz, you were jazz. There wasn't even contemporary. No. Um, modern dance was weird. Modern was very weird. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my modern dance was be a bacon. Just sizzle. Just weird. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Even when I went to NYU, you know, I was like classically trained and I, we had a modern class and I'd be like, what is this? What is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had some great teachers, don't get me wrong, but there are a couple ones that were like way out of left field that mm-hmm. I never got. <laughs> and so the whole diversity of these, what, what young dancers, um, their repertoire of what they're schooled in is remarkable. 
the, the, the gymnastic skills they can do. Unbelievable. It, right. I was even just watching last night on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Jordan Fisher was dancing with Lindsay Arnold, and they were, you know, they were just doing like a round off back handspring. But I'm like, she's a ballroom dancer. You know, he's a Disney Channel kid. Well, he's in Hamilton mm-hmm. too. But like, they just whip that out and threw it in the dance. Mm-hmm. Like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's. But that wasn't something I was trained to. It's incredible. Yeah. Because you can't, if you're going to do a good gymnastics skill, you can't just learn it because you're talented. Right. You have to train it. You have to be trained technically in order to do it well. Yeah. And you want it to look good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm someone that's like, I want the the good lines. I want the pointed toe, Mm -hmm. like all of that. So Mm -hmm. if I did gymnastics, I'd, I'd step back into my ballet brain of like, what does that look like? Right. Yeah, I'd be videotaping myself nonstop if I was learning even just a backhand spring. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's going on in all the gyms now. There's just video cameras in these televisions that are on uh, tape delay. It's, so it, it's a great way to, to, to teach. It is. That's got to be. It's a great visual to see. Like, th- do you see what you're doing? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah. you know, a teacher would tell you over and over, and you're like, I, I don't feel it. I don't mm-hmm. feel it. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, obviously now that's, that's a major difference. Right. That's right. a major difference. I know. So, are you going to come to our show? I am. I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Jump, Jive, and Thrive. And I think, like, this obviously comes out of your own journey with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, But Scott Hamilton, Mm -hmm. also a cancer survivor. Shannon Shannon Miller. Miller, Ovarian cancer. Melissa Etheridge. Melissa Etheridge. Who else am I missing? Samantha Harris. Samantha Harris, also from Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Dancing with the Stars. Um, I was just talking with Judith Hill, who's... I literally fangirl over Judith Hill, and she's singing a very upbeat song she's, she did on The Voice, um, and it's going to be with our UCLA gymnast mm-hmm. as a tribute to, to Miss Val. Um, but her mother had stage four, I think it was um, lymphoma oh that she beat. And so it, there's, I think it's rare to find someone who's not touched by cancer. Mm-hmm. I have two and, friends right now. And, you know, with what's going on in this world, with what happened yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, it it's so important for us to continue to bring events like this together that are truly coming together out of love and and uh, a need and a passion to want to do whatever we can to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I am literally here today because of research. Because I was told by my doctor, had I had the type of cancer I had 10 years prior... They had nothing for me. Wow. And so when you, you know, when I have no problem going out and tell people, they're asking me for free tickets. I'm like, no, you need to go buy your tickets because mm-hmm. those proceeds are going to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and Pediatric Cancer, which is going to research, which is going to give a lot more people a lot more days. And the, the ticket range, it's very affordable. If it's you, very it's affordable. It's very affordable. Yes. And it's Poly Pavilion is Gorgeous, great sight there's lines. Not a, there's not a uh, bad seat in the house. No, um, no. And the lineup, I, I, there's really something for everyone. I mean, obviously, you've got your current UCLA gymnastics mm-hmm. team there. You've got these Olympians. You've got Mark Ballas and Lindsey Sterling, right? Whom I love. Oh, oh and BC Jean's coming and too, BC right? Jean so you've got Alexander coming. Jean. So yes, Alexander Jean and Mark are singing. Nastia's Lukin's performing to that. I love we that. have Shannon Miller performing to her anthem, which is fight song, mm-hmm. and as she has said. This is her her swan song, and so she's giving it everything she's so got. We're watching like her retirement her retirement thing. <sighs> Holy mm-hmm. cow! Yeah, Lori Hernandez is coming back, and um, with Dancing with the Stars, we've got 
the iconic red man piece from La Rev, from the, the show at um, the Wynn Hotel. Yeah, in Vegas. Like you said, there is something for everyone. And uh, we've got In Real Life, the new boy band that just won the Boy Band of the Galaxy Award. And um, my girls are just like, my gosh. They're all in it. They're all in it. They're like, I want to be in that piece. I want to be in that piece. Um, and, and, and you know what? I, I really pushed, and this is happening, to do an older female gymnast power number because I don't want people thinking that once you're past 18, you're no longer a gymnast. Mm-hmm. So we're doing an Olympic number with Betty Okino, who's the 92 Olympics. I love Betty Okino. Brandy Johnson. <gasps> Jordan Weaver. 2012, Sam yep. Peshik, 2008. Yes. And I was just choreographing that before I came over. And they are wonderful, mature, powerful female athletes. And they're all super fit, by the way. And they are all super they fit. They're all super fit. Mm-hmm. They just love life. They're thriving. I love that. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about Jordan Weaver? Because I always think like her story to me is probably one of the most fascinating in terms of, you know, she goes to the Olympics, turns pro at, at the Worlds prior to that was not able to, you know, compete NCAA, but turns out to be your team manager. My team manager. And and doing really team manager stuff. Team manager stuff like moving mats. And laundry. She had to do laundry she too. She did laundry. And without complaint, that girl no. was there. I was at plenty of the meets with Surrey Serrano. I know a lot of you mm-hmm. guys know Surrey from um, we used to do Dancing with the Stars after Buzz together. And um, with always a smile on her face, like right. super happy in her element. Jordan Weber has a servant's heart, 100%. And so when she did come in as our team manager, I said, I can't bring you in as a team manager but not have you do anything because I don't get that many team managers. Right. And she just looked at me like I was crazy. And she said, Miss Val, I will do anything for my team. And so when I asked her, I specifically asked her, Sam, Betty, to do this show because they're like my girls. Yeah. I'm so thrilled to have met Brandy Johnson because she is as nice as I've heard. And then I knew that they would ask Nastia, but I asked Nastia because I, I knew Nastia went pro when she was, I think, 13. Super young. She did that Nadia Comaneci commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I always, I wrote, I remember writing her a letter when she was 13 because I felt so badly. We would go in her gym and all of these coaches, college coaches, would, would be recruiting her teammates and they wouldn't be looking at her because she'd gone pro. Mm-hmm. And so we became really close when she was young. And I feel like she's one of my daughters, um, one of my gymnasts. Um, And to have that family and that love and everything, and all of them, but we're talking about Joe. Joe, I see her every day, Jordan. She's one of my coaches now at UCLA. She says, just tell me what you want me to do for the show, Miss Val. I'll do anything. And then she was joking the other day. She goes, I'll even move mats again. (laughs) I mean, this is a gold medalist. And I had... I'm not going to say who it was, but someone very high up in the gymnastics community come to a meet and they said, um, Olympic gold medalists should never move mats. Really? I said, well, that's the difference between you and me. Yeah. And, and you know, here's the thing, too. It, it always brings up the big debate. Like, should they go pro? Should they do NCAA? And we've seen people mm-hmm. take different paths. You know, obviously you have Madison Koshin who came basically straight to Rio. And I mean, that's an incredible amount mm-hmm. of work that she did after, like, rehearsing mm-hmm. or practicing for a year rehearsing obviously I'm on the dance term but and then going right into NCAA she was running on fumes last year I, I have imagined she so. was we were spending the whole week you there, you there is something very real called overtraining syndrome where mm-hmm. the body does not recover within 48 hours and she definitely had overtraining syndrome <sighs> and by the end the last few weeks it was just she'd look at me with tears in her eyes and I'm like I get it 
I get it. She just had so- shoulder, shoulder surgery. surgery. Mm-hmm. I, I had seen her at the Golden Globes. I'm mm-hmm. like, let me just drop that out. She was at the Golden Globes when we ran into each other on the red carpet. Um, <laughs> I wasn't invited to the Golden Globes, so that's okay. You can throw that out <laughs> there. Just throw it out there. Okay. Um, and but I asked her. Cracker is getting a, uh, an award, I'll be there. I will be there with you. <laughs> I will interview you on the red carpet. But I had asked her because I, you know, I you hear through the grapevine about the shoulder, and I said, "How's your shoulder doing?" And you know, she kind of downplayed it, and but she did go through the the shoulder surgery she recently. Did. But knowing Madison, like you do, I mean, she's doing everything perfect. She's telling me her whole diet to get the antioxidants in that are going to help her heal better. So she's not going to be able to perform on Sunday, but she will be there. Mm -hmm. And she's going to do red carpet stuff, and she'll be signing autographs. She's the best student, really. I just, I get that, even just knowing her personality. And Kyla. Kyla Ross as well. Another Olympian, of course. Yes, and she'll be there as well. Mm -hmm. And Kyla's another one that I was so happy to see do NCAA, too, because the elite system is... It's wonderful that you get to the, go to the Olympics, but mm-hmm. at the other time, it, it's mm-hmm. so difficult. It's so challenging. Everything that they sacrifice mm-hmm. to make it to that mm-hmm. level is incredible. And you know what? I'm going to make another plug about um, Jump, Jive, and Thrive. All of the performers that I know, the gymnasts, yeah. Shannon Miller, Lori Hernandez, Nastia, um, they are what I. One reason why I think people bring their families and their young children to our gymnastics meets is because their role, these girls are such amazing role models. Mm-hmm. And so when you can bring someone to a meet and have a young person start idolizing, which I'm not crazy about that word, but these incredible young women who are unbelievable role models for them, even, not even, but Lori, you know, went pro, calls me up about a month ago, says, when I graduate high school, I want to come to UCLA. So she came to school, and I took on a campus tour, and one of the nicest, most sincere people I've ever met. And so I've had so many parents tell me that one reason they bring their daughters to Poly Pavilion to our meets Mm -hmm. is because the girls then go home and put the posters up on the board, and those are their role models versus what they're getting off of social media. Well, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's a really good thing. It is. And And they're all going to be in the same place. On Sunday, on Sunday at 6 o'clock. <laughs> you got to see them. Well, and that, you know, that brings a good point of, like, Lori wanting to go. Has she talked about maybe doing something similar to what Jordan Weaver did? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. already told me. I'm taking over Jordan's spot. I See, and I love that, like, sort of Jordan oh, yeah. was the role model for, for that. So it's no, no longer ego. a bad... Exactly. It's not demeaning to be a team manager. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, it's going to be fun because Sunday, 6 p.m., it's going to be a two-hour, major, star-studded, packed, fun, rock and roll, back-to-back extravaganza. And then two weeks later, it's going to air uh, to on a one-hour. CBS, hour. right? Yes. One-hour, one o'clock on CBS. But in order to get the whole picture, you got to come on Sunday. <laughs> and see everyone. Then you get the snippets of the highlights on the CBS um, airing. How hard was it uh, to organize this? Because getting TV time these days mm-hmm. is not easy. How were you able to, to pitch that? I mean, obviously, you've got a star-studded um, mm-hmm. roster, so that certainly helps the situation. Yeah, but a how- star-studded roster and people just pitching in and doing it for next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, okay, if this can be, if I can do it for this, or I, if I can do it for this or do it for this, and the rest of it's going to go to breast cancer 
or research, Mm -hmm. we're going to do it for that. And so everybody, their philanthropic side is coming out full steam for this, including the megastars. And so it's, it's, it's hard to turn down, you know, Mm -hmm. the people that I've asked to go buy chunks of tickets and give them to inner city kids that really can't afford that ticket. They're doing it. How many tickets do you want me to buy? I'm like, okay, I want you to go buy a hundred tickets. And they did. That's so great. I love that. It's amazing. It's, you know, people want to rally around a, a great cause and research. Well, yeah, and you're also exposing all these kids to athletes, dancers, musicians, which is incredible right. because we are seeing less and less of that arts and education and things like that. So being able to have even just yes. that two-hour exposure to it yes. is really important. And how they all can cross over. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I love that I can bring to my athletes being in this city is to be able to allow them to do things like this instead of just being a gymnast. Well, you cross over quite a bit. I've seen you at Shaping Sound. I've seen Travis Wall at Gym Meets. Like, how Mm -hmm. have you been able to sort of reach out to the dance community and, you know, invite them in and and vice versa? Uh, I think it's because of the outside work that I do, Mm -hmm. first of all, Um, the the shows that I do. I actually met Travis through his now fiance, Dom, who was my assistant coach. And to be able to have Travis Wall come in the gym and just, Travis is a huge gymnastics fan. Um, it's so, I, I get enamored watching him in our gymnastics meets because I keep <laughs> him in the corner of my eye and he's just going crazy yeah. when they land. And he's just, he's the first one to stand up. Um, and then the whole connection with gymnasts and Dancing with the Stars. Okay, I just met, I haven't met him face to face. I know that you have, but have spoken now a few times with Val, who's was, you know, won the mirror ball with Lori. Of course. And he's choreographing the numbers that are going to be in the show on Sunday. What a lovely man. He's so lovely. He really is. And he's so supportive of Lori. He was such a great big brother to her mm-hmm. when they were together um, on the season. And I also love that he has started to cross over to other shows. He was working on So You Think You Can Dance this summer mm. and really expanding his mm-hmm. his reach um, when it comes to dance here in the community. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. Are you getting him there on Sunday? You're going to be able to? I know they have camera blocking. but They do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they can come. I don't know if he can come. I, and that's like, well, he must be able to because Mark and BC are coming. Right, as long as they can arrange it, he can probably sneak on down. Right. But he's been so professional but easy to work with. Yes. Because I I know he's a perfectionist. I expected him to be a little bit more... You know, he's a great teacher, and he's he's a Russian. You know, he's Ukrainian. But, uh, you know, you do get... He's strict, but he's also understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's... uh, He has a great balance of that. Mm -hmm. I always find that his dancers went it to be very great technicians. Mm. Um, and then when you get someone spectacular like Lori, right. who's a performer, you've got the magic. Right. I mean, that was like lightning right. in a bottle right there. Right. Okay, so I want to be Misty Copeland in Another Life, and I want to <laughs> dance with Val on Dance with Stars. Let's make this happen. Okay, let's We've got to get you and Val together. You guys need to do... Val and Val. Well, it's so Val cute. When he called me the first time, he says, Hello, Val. This is Val. And I said, how long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> I love that. I totally love that. But you guys, you guys need to do something together. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
the two of you would really mm-hmm. work well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll throw it. I'll throw it back in your court. Okay, let's do it, and then we'll put it out in the universe. <laughs> universe, and okay. you and Val can work on a project right. because I feel like he's also really kind of expanding, um, not only as a person but as a choreographer, as an artist, and I just feel like. There's more for what he's looking for. Dancing right. with the Stars is incredible. It's great. But, you know, oftentimes you're working with um, a non-dancer with these limitations, that type of thing. So you right. have to you have to sit there and you go, okay, they're great turn. They're great at turning or they're great at remembering mm-hmm. choreography. This is what I can do. But mm-hmm. when you get mm-hmm. dancers together. It was so funny because when we spoke and we're talking about he and I are crafting the opening. Mm-hmm. And he he's doing the dance part and I'm doing the gymnastics part. And when he was talking to me... Um, on the phone about the different parts that the dancers are going to do, he was trying to put it in non-dancer terms because he, I think, assumed I was a gymnastics, I was a gymnast, right? You didn't know about your dance no. background. And I said, okay, time out, Val. I've never done gymnastics. I was a dancer. He started cracking it up. Then we started talking the same language, and it was, it was very simpatico. You're like, I totally get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That, yeah. that is funny. I mean, for you, I'm sure now you're, you're very fluent in gymnastics uh, and all the language and everything, but... I mean, I'm fluent in the language, but I'm not fluent in the the technical. Like, I I couldn't teach technically a great round off because right. I'm just I'm really not interested. There, there's thousands of other people that could teach it better than I can. So let me just focus on what I do well. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like all the finishing, the mental game, and then and the, the performance. performance art. It's like you know, ladies. I'm sorry, but it's the beam is only four inches wide, but it's a stage. Mm-hmm. So you have to perform. This and and what so many gymnasts don't understand when they're cho- being choreographed on is your face is part of your body. You can't leave the face out of the choreography. Does it kill you a little bit? And this does kill me. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to say, right? When you watch the Olympics, and sometimes these floor routines are just robotic. Like yeah. we've lost, we've lost that beautiful flow and that mm-hmm. sort of balletic feel to it because they no longer take bar. They no longer do ballet, and that kills me a little bit because. Sometimes. They're so skill heavy. Mm-hmm. They have got to learn so many skills now with a new code that they don't have time to do ballet. And so the simple thing of being able to move their arms, like my girls know, the, you, it's all about the elbows, right? So you don't look like this. And, and the face and the transitions. You know, when I talk to them about how important transitions are, they look at me like I'm speaking a foreign language. Yeah, and it's, your floor routines are legendary. I mean, a Miss Foul floor routine, like people know far and wide to, to watch your team. They, half the time they wind up on Ellen DeGeneres show. <laughs> they do. <laughs> That's or, my goal. Or you see them like on Facebook, like it starts to go viral and you're like, oh, it's a Miss Foul routine. Um, but so I always think like Lori Hernandez, when she was able to like just knock out a floor, I was like her performance level mm-hmm. was actually an anomaly in this day and age when it comes to uh, gymnastics. But when it comes to your team mm-hmm. – I love that we get, like, these wonderful performance levels because mm-hmm. I'm like, here's the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's true because I have a very strong understanding that I am vying for the entertainment dollar in this city. That's very true. And so I want you, if you've got this much money, are you going to go to a movie? Are you going to go to a basketball game? Or are you going to come to a gymnastics meet at Poly Pavilion? And we're averaging 8,000 people now, so I know that we're putting out a great product, and it's a produced event. It only goes two hours. Start to finish, and it's it's entertainment. You're able to hold people's yes. It doesn't hurt to have two former Olympians either. No, or you know, three, even with Jordan on the floor. There's 
only been two gold medal gymnasts that have ever competed in college. And you have them. And I have them. Both. You're both. I have them both. I know. That's kind of exciting. You Like last year when they both came in, were you a little bit like... I get starstruck. Yeah, I yesterday they were excited. both on beam at the same time. There was, they were the only two on beam. And I was looking there and our social media person was there and I said, okay, I get to coach two gold medalists every single day who are two of the most amazing people on the planet. Very They're humble. both super, super studious. Um, Kyla's going to be an engineer and um, Madison wants to be a pediatrician. So Smarties. come out on Sunday and get their autographs and get your photos taken with them. I know, because they really are incredible. And I think that that speaks volumes to your program. I mean, you've had so many other Olympians, Kristen Maloney, Jamie Dancher. Um, I'm probably I'm missing a whole bunch mm-hmm. of others. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, that's a big deal because there are so many distractions once they get off the Olympic team of like, if they ha- are, am I going to turn pro? Am I going to do that? You know, commit to that NCAA scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact and the that- sad part is, there aren't many Lori Hernandez, Sean Johnson's, Nastias, whose Simone windows Biles. of opportunity are, are this big. Yeah. Most of them are that big. Yes, and that's another reason why I have so much respect for Jordan is that she has really studied and Sam Peshek to make the next career as um, in speaking engagements. Yep. And uh, and they both have great stories, They both have great stories, and they're both well-educated young women mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, I think it's important when they're going into the gyms and they're speaking with young girls that they're using proper grammar and they're, you know, they know how to... to present themselves. Present themselves. Yeah. I was there, actually, at the gym the day that Sam Peggett got injured. I was there with Surrey. Are you serious? Yes. I don't know if you know that I, I was there don't. that day. Surrey was taping something, and then that injury happened, which was, I think, a season-ending injury Achilles as well. Achilles rupture. Yeah. Ugh. I remember we were all like, mm-hmm. the air got sucked it was out the, of the room. It was the day before they were leaving for the Christmas break. It was the last routine, the last tumbling pass of the day. Do you know that's the only time I've ever been to practice? Well, why don't you <laughs> I mean, come by and say hi? I I'll totally come by, but that was the only time. And I was like, it's burned in my brain because I was like, <gasps> maybe I don't want you awful. to come by. <laughs> <laughs> I know, maybe I'm bad luck. I've come to plenty of meets, though. I have come to plenty of meets, Thank and you. everyone's won. So it's been, it's been good. No injuries. Thank you very <laughs> I know, much. Maybe I'm terrible. In the <laughs> and I feel like it was in the old – when Polly was being renovated, were you guys in the oh, smaller yes. gym? Yeah, it was in the small yes. gym, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I'm going to blame the gym's fault. Yeah, okay, we'll gym. do that. That's fine. <laughs> I'm really not that superstitious. Okay. I know. I was like, I don't, don't know if I should tell it's you. Fine. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I should tell you. That was the one day I've ever mm-hmm. watched practice, but that was a mm-hmm. tough one to watch. Just it because. was tough. And she was so calm through it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I would have been. Mm-hmm. You know what's so great about her too? She said she had her pity party moment mm-hmm. and then came back and said, okay, I have a year. I'm not going to be back for a year. Yep. So we always talk about raw, ruthlessly attack your weaknesses. She goes, okay, Miss Val, I'm ruthlessly attacking my weakness. And that's when she started in with hot yoga. Oh. And it transformed her body. She was really fit when she came back, like even fitter yes. than we've and ever seen. Yes, and she looked seen. longer. Yeah. Even Marta Caroli said, you're doing something different. 
Her martyrs. Martyrs. Yeah. Martyrs like the harshest critic. Mm-hmm. So when you have her saying mm-hmm. and noticing too, mm-hmm. that's why I'm really excited to, to choreograph this power girl, power young woman number with them. These older athletes that are just beyond fit. Well, we need to flip the script. Let's I flip think it. Let's, it's, it is. It's really about flipping it because we get to this point like, and I remember even when I was 20 and people are like, 40 is old, 50 is old. You know, mm-hmm. and you get to these milestones of like 30, 35 and you're like, well, I don't feel 30. I don't feel 35. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, my mom's in her early 70s and she's like, we call you know she's like the rocking grandma. I mean, she's fit. She looks great. She looks really young. Or my grandparents, they were fifty and they wore like stretch pants and let their hair go gray and they quit. Right. So it's it's the script has been flipped. We just need to acknowledge it and embrace it and say it's okay to get a little bit older. Right. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I was asked the other day. So if you could go back to any age, what would you choose? And I I did think about the question. And I kept coming back to, I love the age I am. I love it. I would not even go back one year. I love it. Well, and I think that that's important too, because I'm like, if I went back to 25, I think, gosh, things were just so hard because you're trying to figure out who you are Mm -hmm. and what you're doing. And if you're, (laughs) you know, you're like, what is happening? Um, and, And all the drama. And, you know, now it's like, you know, yesterday people were all getting heated and stuff and it was a really sad day and I was like, I'm not, I don't engage in the people that, that throw out the negativity. It's, you know, I'm good with who I am mm-hmm. in my world and I want quality friends, not quantity mm-hmm. friends. It's like you start throwing away the BS right. and then just embracing all the good stuff and it changes your whole right. life. Right, because it's all a choice and you get to start choosing everything. Yeah. So yes. at 25... Yes. I was like, you'd invite the drama in. Then you'd be like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> push it away. That's been another fun part about having this Jump, Jive, and Thrive at UCLA, at Poly. Because mm-hmm. I've been there now at UCLA for 35 years. And so I feel like Betty White around that place. But you're not. And it's so <laughs> fun when the producer calls me. He's like, okay, we can't get them to sign off on getting the locker rooms or we can't sign off on this. I said, give me an hour. I'm fine. And just, you know, everybody, and I go and I play the cancer card. I'm like, really? You're going to say no to this? Cancer benefit. Really? It's a cancer benefit. (laughs) And I'm going to pull out my card. (laughs) You're like, this. I earned this. Right. And so we get to have this event in one of the most, in my opinion, the most beautiful university arenas in the planet. 84 Olympics were there. 1984 Olympics were there. Come on, Mary Lou Retton. uh, I mean, that, mm -hmm. that was monumental. It was monumental. Were you at those Olympics, by the way, since you were at uh, UCLA? I got out of L.A. You did. You I, left. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I don't do crowds well. Yeah. Mm-mm. Everybody's like, ooh, you're like, so excited in 2024. You're you like, bye. I'm like, yeah, how much you want to rent my house for? Miss <laughs> Val is like in <laughs> Thailand on the beach vacationing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so far away. I'm such a sports fan that I really do like the seat of in front of the television and, and all the behind the scenes stuff and all of that. Yeah. I I enjoy that. Nah, I like being at football also. I like being in the stands of football. I'm a rabid fan. That's good. I know. I've learned. I do yell at the refs, but whatever. That's I don't okay. yell obscenities. But it's all part of sports, right? Yeah, everyone has to have like their thing. Like, right. I, I grew up with like figure skating, gymnastics. That was always my thing that mm-hmm. I like love to watch. And it was mm-hmm. like I, I don't at Olympics two weeks. 
don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm like right there. I burned through my Verizon plan mm-hmm. last year watch, watching it live. I'm like, I do not want to watch tape delay at 8 p.m. I am watching it live. I was on my phone at my job. I shouldn't say. I I'm no longer work there, so it's fine. And I was literally like <laughs> underneath my desk with my headphones on, like watching Simone Biles because I was mm-hmm. like, I am not missing her win mm-hmm. the all around. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my favorite Simone story I met her the day after I started my first chemotherapy treatment. No way. And I didn't know how I was going to feel. But I told her, I'm meeting you at school, but I don't know how I'm going to feel. Right. And she showed up with her parents and her sister. And she was 16, I want to say. Barely 16, maybe. Maybe she was 15, I don't remember. But um, I started in with the whole recruiting spiel, because when you recruit, it's all about them. Mm-hmm. And she stopped me mid-sentence, and she says, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can I ask you a question? I said, yes. And she said, how are you feeling? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's From then, I was yeah. a Simone fan. Yeah. You know? There's something so extraordinary about her. You know, when you're labeled the GOAT, greatest mm-hmm. of all time, in case people don't know what that acronym means, uh, you know, because in my mind, she's up there with, like, Serena Williams in my head, like, right. just that incredible gift. She is. Um, but also the fact that she is so kind mm-hmm. um, and so thoughtful also speaks volumes to her parents, of course. Exactly. But when you are raising someone that is extraordinary, mm-hmm. how do you uh, make them have confidence without it being egotistical right. or, or have that chip on their shoulder? Because she could easily have it. She walked no, away from yeah. those real No, her parents kept her really in tow. I mean, they, they've done a great job. Incredible. With she and her sister, yes, really. You great recruited job. her, right? And then she yeah. returned pro. Yeah, she. I mean, I know. She. I'll never forget when she called me and said she wanted to come to UCLA. I was like, the greatest of all time. Oh my gosh, I got the goat. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know what's making me think about this because Nastia is also up in that realm. But um, you were, I don't know what you were saying just now. Remind me of Nastia. You know, she's in Montreal. Yes. Commentating World Championships. Yes, right now, which she, are happening. She lands at six o'clock. On Sunday. And heading straight to Polly. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. She's doing hair and makeup on, on the airplane. <laughs> she, she's got her, she's, she says she's packed a week work of the clothes in a carry-on because she's not going to I'd be nervous, check yeah. It. And I said, Nast, you don't have to do it. You can just show up and do a, a PSA or something, public service announcement or mm-hmm. whatever. And she said, no, you asked me to do this show. This is for a great cause and I'm going to do it. So she's doing... The number with Mark and BC, Mark mm-hmm. Bellis and BC, and then Lindsay Sterling has asked her to perform in her number, and so talk about ethereal. I mean, Lindsay Sterling and Nastya on beam and floor, and that's kind of exciting. It, you know, and I have to say that I, I'm a big Mark Bellis fan. Um, mm-hmm. I love his creativity as a choreographer. Um, he and his wife are incredible. I went, went and saw one of their performances within the last three months or so, and then. You know, he's partnered with Lindsay. I mean, this is like yes. kind of a dream team, honestly. It is. No, it, and it's such a family. It is. It's like, you know, Mark um, Mark is is working with Nastia. Mark and BC are working with Nastia. Then Mark's now on Dance with the Stars with Lindsay. Yeah. And Lindsay and Nastia are doing their thing. And then Val's coming in and choreographing for Lori and working with all the other dancers and gymnasts in the opening. And it's just like everybody's just literally coming together. And I'm even, I was on the phone today with the in real life um, uh, managers. Mm-hmm. And we're working some gymnasts into to their performance. And they said, well, do whatever you want. They said, just let us, how about we come by the gym and we talk to you about it? And 
And I'm thinking, I can come to you. You know, you guys are kind of like a big deal. Yeah. And they said, no, we'll come by. They're coming by tomorrow. It's probably to fun for them, though, too, to come by. I know, know what I, mean? like, I know. I forget that. I get it. Because if you're like, come by and meet me, I'm like, can we go to the gym? Can we? <laughs> and then they can go I just on the floor. There? It's so funny. And they go, oh, it's bouncy. <laughs> go, the mm-hmm. sprung floor is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'd be like, can I just do one cartwheel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please. That's about all I can do. But can I do a cartwheel? Mm-hmm. And will someone take it so I can have it on social media and just have like bragging rights? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, but that's what it I is. I will let you do a cartwheel with anyone in my gym if you'll come by. I will totally come okay. by. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I have to do it with an Olympian, don't yeah, I? Of course. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm sure that Madison can do a one arm cartwheel so I can do all three Olympians. Oh Jordan. my gosh. Do you know what my head would explode? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't want your head exploding all over my gym, but that would be amazing. <laughs> Kyla. That might go viral. I, I would hope so because I, I and I point my toes. I've got a good cartwheel down. Okay. I don't really do anything else, but I've got a good cartwheel. And How do you know that? I, I probably have a social media that a thousand times my cartwheel. Your cartwheel? My cartwheel. Oh, good. I should know this because I love your social media. <laughs> You're so positive on your social oh, media. Thank you. You're fun and positive and light. It's, I try. It's fun. I try. You know, and, and I will say this, and um, I, I'm very aware of this. My followers are very young. and like, How long? How young are they? A, a lot of them um, are 14, uh, probably to about 24, mm-hmm. a little post-college age. And um, life is hard, and life is harder with mm-hmm. social media. And mm-hmm. so many of them reach out and say, I'm being bullied, and this is hard, or I don't like myself. And I'm like, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I even have moments like that as an adult. But I was like, how can I do better? I don't have kids. My husband and I have kittens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so we just have furry babies. And I'm always like, it's it, to me, it means a lot when um, these kids who have been following me for four years and they're like, here's my prom picture. I'm graduating. I'm always like, who, who of my Twitter babies is graduating this year? Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun. It's it's a huge responsibility. It is. It I is. mean, you've, you have teams. Yes. No, I know. It is. The responsibility mm-hmm. is such an honor and can be so daunting because I I can't tell you how many stories alumni have told me about something that I said or didn't say or did or didn't do that I had no recollection of mm-hmm. that made the most impact on them in those four years. Yep. Massive responsibility. Yeah, that's what you don't you don't think sometimes Mm-mm. that you're you're offering anything or sometimes you're like, ah, oh, I wish I was doing better or this isn't mm-hmm. working. You know, even just the response to this show, people are like, I'm glad you're sort of taking the positive side of of dance and everything that's happening because absolutely yeah the, these stories aren't getting told too i think that's the absolutely other thing. and it's it's you know when you talk about music and dance it's the universal language and um you know like i keep going back to yesterday and what happened and mm-hmm. coming on the show and thinking what was i going to talk about coming on the show and well you know what how important it is that we just celebrate life 100% yeah, I mean, and our ability to dance, our ability to dance, our ability to find joy in movement, in movement, in music, mm-hmm. um, all of that. I mean, and I was really happy last night dancing with the stars. They didn't do an elimination. They canceled the mm-hmm. press line. They just went out and danced. And I was like, that's what people need right now because right. we've all been watching. We've been barraged with these images. I couldn't look away because I-, I hopped on right as it was happening. So I was kind of watching it in real time on mm-hmm. social media. And I'm like, and then I went to sleep with that. Mm-hmm. And you wake up with that. Mm-hmm. And so even just being able to watch, like, you know, I, I loved Mark and Lindsay's. They had this incredible jive last night, and I was like, I needed that. Mm-hmm. I was great. I right. watched it, like, three times. Right. 
Yeah. We did a, a social Instagram takeover yesterday, I believe. Yeah, it was yesterday. And uh, just in my interview talking about it, it was just, you know, how important this event is, not just for cancer, cancer research and all that, but simply to celebrate life and, and to appreciate it and the fact that we're all here, mm-hmm. that we get to be here. Yes. And uh, to be able to come together with an event that is literally feel good is feeling good. It's going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, with a lineup like that, you're not going to walk out of there sad by any means. No. My husband, who's a football (laughs) coach, cowboy, he's like, so my love, so what's this going to be about? And I start trying to tell him, I'm like, you know what? I guarantee you, you are going to be blown away because it's going to be like popcorn, all these different talents. And I mean, the show opens with Melissa Etheridge. That's big. Oscar winner. Okay. I believe she's doing three numbers. She's doing three numbers. Melissa Etheridge. That's great. That's Melissa Etheridge. I know. And and someone, you know, she's told her story. She's a survivor Mm -hmm. and and she's been very open with that. And I think it's important for us to, to listen to these stories because... Like I said, I'm like, my sister-in-law is going through it right now. My best friend's going through it right now, both both breast cancer um, and patients right now. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's a good reminder mm-hmm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. Health, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to mm-hmm. be on top of it. But you know what? I had um, one of my athletes came in the gym yesterday. She's an alumni. She's 46. She's 46. And she was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer last February. Okay, it used to be 20 years ago or so. You're stage four. Bye. Bye-bye. Done. And for her to be able to meet my, my athletes now and share her story, mm-hmm. and she's vibrant and loving and fun, and she's um, created a, a bag. Um, it's actually going to be on extra tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, the 4th, October 4th. It's a love bag. Um, and the proceeds of this go to um, breast cancer research. But um, for my athletes to see this and for her to say, you know, you're, you're going to be hit with this. If you don't already have people that have been hit with cancer in your life, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, or friends. It's going to be close to you. But it doesn't mean it's a, necessarily means it's a death sentence. You can get the diagnosis and still have hope. That's right. Absolutely. And you can't. The only reason you can is because of research. Thank goodness. That's the only reason. Thank goodness. Yes. And so I'm on a study. I'm going to be on this study for the next 10 years. Wow. And they always apologize to me when they're coming and they're asking me to fill out this form that takes like 30 minutes to fill out every three months. And I have to go get echocardiograms and blood tests and this and that for the research. I said, I will go get a blood test for you every single day if it helps research. That's right. Please don't apologize to me. And then every time they you do something, they have to pay you $50. I feel horrible taking it. I'm like, this is going right back at you. I'm sending this right yes. back in. Uh, yeah, send it to charity. Have it go mm-hmm. back to research. Yeah, I've done some of the stand-up to cancer events, too. And it's amazing, like, some of the research that's being done in immunology. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those next steps. And if people all weren't putting... Steps. Yeah, if people weren't putting money into this. Right. Well, in the study that I was on... Um, I got targeted chemotherapy. And the difference between that and normal chemotherapy is a targeted chemotherapy is like a smart bomb. So it doesn't go through your system. Mm -hmm. It goes right to the cancer cells, and then it explodes and does its work. So I didn't lose my hair. I didn't get sick. That's a huge difference. It's why you were able to coach through it all. 
Yes. That's why nobody knew I was going through cancer, except the people I told. And that is when I just kind of skated through all of this, my doctors literally had tears in their eyes and they said, targeted chemo is the future for all chemotherapy. Until we can eradicate cancer, the next step for, for all cancer patients is targeted chemotherapy. So it doesn't have to take a year or two for what out of your life. And that makes a huge difference. I know we were supposed to have Danielle Jones, who was a season two, So You Think You Can Dance. She's in the mm-hmm. middle of chemotherapy herself. Um, and she had, you know, a lot of cold sores. And mm-hmm. I mean, she was just in so much pain, mm-hmm. and, which was side effects from the chemo. Right. So being able to avoid that yes. is huge because she's, she's like, I have to wait like two weeks now mm-hmm. and, you know, everything has to subside and I'm feeling mm-hmm. lousy. And, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes when I'm asked to speak, to, especially to cancer patients, cancer survivors at, at events, because on the spectrum of cancer and what people go through, I was way over here. Like, this is really, really, really bad. I was way over here. You're at stage one, right? And so I have, like, they say survivor's guilt. I have yeah. that guilt that I didn't experience more. But the reason I didn't experience more is because of the research. And that's what we have to keep focusing. Well, first of all, too, the yeah. reason I'm alive is because of the research. Yeah, and, and I was told, and it was not like 50 years ago; it's 10 years ago. And that's like a blink. Yes, I mean, you blink, and 10 years have gone by. Yes. So. And I just met with a metastatic cancer patient, meaning the the tumor, the cancer, then metastasized, goes to another area of your body. Mm-hmm. And right now, there aren't cures for them. Most metastatic cancer patients have a lifespan of two to three years. She's lived 15 years. Because she's been on eight, eight different trials, and that's what's kept her alive. That's incredible. And she has the exact same type of cancer that I had. And we were at lunch, and I'm so used to telling my story that I just started babbling. And you're like, this is what I had. And-, and I said, and you know what? Ten years ago, they didn't even have anything for me. And I'm going on, and she's starting to smile. She goes, Valerie, remember, we have the same type of cancer. I just got diagnosed 15 years ago. And she's here. And you got diagnosed 10. But she got diagnosed 15 and it metastasized because they had nothing for her. Unbelievable. I got diagnosed three years ago. And so that's, that shows you the, the leaps they've made. In, in that of short period of time. Yep. And so I said to her, I said, I am so sorry. I feel like I've been so insensitive. She goes, I am thrilled for you. Are you kidding? She goes, I'm thrilled that this is working and that they're finding. She says, I'm thrilled that I'm here. She says, I'm so thankful that I'm here. The gratitude that she had just for living another day was really remarkable to be around. Yeah, and it's always like a good, like, it's a good reminder for all of us. It is. And so the producer just today, I just saw an email before I came here. He emailed her. He says, like, tell me how many tickets you want for you and all your metastatic cancer patients and their families, and you've, you've got them. So, oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, this this is the reason that they're here. When Their people whole reason, constantly donating yes. money, it's it's, a, it's incredible. Yes, we are almost at the end of the hour, okay. believe it or not. An but, hour? Yeah, we were. It's been like ten minutes. I know it flies. Isn't that good? I'm it's always fly. happy when people say <laughs> it. That went by fast because I'm. I think it's daunting to tell someone you're going to sit here for an hour and just talk. But I'm always like, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully. Well, I've fun. told you this, and we've been we've never met. 
<laughs> but we've met over direct message on Twitter. Yes. And it's like, I feel like my family. I was so excited to come see you today. I'm like, I get to go see my sister. I'm all like blushing, but I'm like, I'm a super fangirl. I literally told my husband, I was like, Miss Val followed me. And then she, <laughs> wait. <laughs> and then I was like, and then she slid into my DMs and you had sent me a message one day. And I was like, Miss Val. <laughs> like, it was literally like in all capitals because when I get excited, that's. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, I hope she doesn't think I'm nuts. <laughs> I did, which is why I like you. <laughs> like, she's crazy. That's why Simpatico here. Yeah. So thank you for the follow on Twitter because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. She mm-hmm. slid in my DMs. It was the most welcome DM message ever. <laughs> um, I, w- I would love because I always love your positive message. And I, I love that, you know, you were so close with Coach Wooden and everything. I'm not even a UCLA uh, alumna, but I always feel like I it's my it's my West Coast school. But um what is your favorite, like maybe wooden quote or your favorite quote that to leave everyone with? Well, the biggest impact that he had mm-hmm. on my life was his definition of success. And I, when I first became the head, the head coach, I tried to be like all these other coaches Yeah. in my paradigm. And it wasn't until I read his definition of success that I started becoming myself. And his definition is, definition is simply success is peace of mind. Hmm. which is a direct result in knowing you've done your best, become the best you're capable of. And I had, that was the biggest aha moment of my life because I had been trying to be someone else. And when success, success isn't money, it's not championships, it's not the rings, it's not 90210, it's not the corner office, it's not what car you drive. Success, when you can think of it as success simply is peace of mind. And that peace of mind is gleaned from becoming your personal best and not trying to be anyone else. And he said to me one time, we had an interview and they, we had won four championships in five years. And the reporter said, well, you're becoming the next John Wooden. And before I could say anything, Coach Wooden said, why would she want to be another John Wooden when she can be a great Valerie Condos field? And that's why he was so wonderful. That's why, yeah. And um, then he went on to say, you know, whenever you try to be someone else, you will always be a second-rate them. Yeah. And the worst part is you will never be a first-rate you. Oh, I love that. When you try to be someone else. So good. I know. So good. He's so missed. He's so missed. He's so missed. And he's, I'm writing a book. It got picked up. And it's, he's all through the book. So oh, you'll good. have all the wooden stories I have stories all my wooden right. anecdotes that I need. Right. Yeah, I pull them all the time. I'm always like, his leadership quotes always resonate really mm-hmm. well for me. So. And he had a wicked sense of humor. You two would have, he would have loved you. <laughs> wicked all sense right, of humor. <laughs> when I read your book, I'll try and channel okay. him. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, for everyone that wants to attend and buy yes. tickets, where can they find information? They can find information online, Jump, Jive, and Thrive. They can yeah. go to any social media outlet, Jump, Jive, and Thrive. They can call the UCLA Central Ticket Office. They can email me. I'll get you tickets. They can do whatever they want. You'll slide into their mm-hmm. DMs. And uh, your UCLA season starts in January. My season starts in January. The national champs are coming to Poly Pavilion, people. This year? Oklahoma's coming. <gasps> and ESPN is televising it. There's never been a gymnastics meet televised on ESPN. I, and I, I have a thing, I love Maggie Nichols. Well, okay, but who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for you. Okay, you show up in red. You are not coming in, Polly Pavilion, lady. No, I love you guys, but I also love Maggie. This is going to be a good meet. She's a very nice person. Yes. But she's the enemy that day. I know. She is the enemy that day. I'm sitting with the UCLA people. Okay, I'll sit you next to Travis. 
Uh, it's a totally a deal. Done. I stalk Travis like all through Emmy season every year, so he mm-hmm. knows he'll be totally fine with that. <laughs> And I'll be in my blue and gold. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. I'll give you some gear. How's that? I'm in. I didn't bring any swag. I'm a horrible guest. I'm, I'm going to follow you to Westwood. Don't okay. worry. Okay. <laughs> right. We'll do lunch and I'll follow you to Westwood okay. and I'll go in the gym and do my cartwheel. There's a lot of promises. <laughs> Joanna's here. You've heard it all. It's on camera, you guys. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. me here. And this has been really, truly my pleasure and my honor, honestly. Thank you. Might as well. All right. And hopefully we'll see all you guys at Jump Jive and Thrive on this Sunday here in Poly Pavilion in Westwood, California. And of course, you guys, if you're joining me next week on To The Point, we've got Dancing with the Stars Pro, Kiel Monsepe. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next week, To The Point with Kristen Burt, presented by Dance Network and, of course, Popcorn Talk. Bye, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.